Hey, we're in a series called Endgame. This is actually the fourth um, part of it. And um, just to set this up, uh, Matthew 24, the disciples come to Jesus and they ask him this, when will the end of the age come? What will be the signs? And so I'm just gonna list these off real quick um, and you can read through Matthew 24 and you can see all these things. But it, um, here's, here's some of the things that Jesus says will be the end or the signs of the end of time. And it says, many will claim to be God. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Are we seeing that or not? Do you know, I've been reading reports that they think that no matter what happens on Tuesday, there'll be riots. Man, we need to be praying against that. We need to be praying against that and that would not be the case. Um, in prayer, um, we were praying for the, the, the nation about 10 days ago, you know, Tuesday night we have prayers prayers. We have prayers on Tuesday night. Uh, we have prayer on Tuesday night. Uh, you're more than welcome to join us. We are not doing this Tuesday, but every other Tuesday, seven o'clock, you can join us. But we were praying for the country a couple weeks ago, and um, one of the individuals said, um, we need to pray for the reunited states. We need to pray for the reunited states. We need to, we're no longer the United States, are we, right now? We see this kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation, even inside themselves. Man, it's, it's just crazy. And, and America's not the only one. Um, famines and earthquakes. And it says, these are just the beginning of birth pains. Then it says, persecution leading to death. We just prayed for the uh, persecuted church and people who are serving knowing that they could die. Um, I know that we don't realize that here in America, but um, we may get to a place where if you want to follow Jesus, it, it may cost your life. Um, and that's just what Jesus promised near the end times. Um, it says this, many will turn from the faith. And as I was reading through that, I just want to, I, I just, there was a pang in my heart that just really kind of went out to people who, um, they loved Jesus, but because of trials and because of persecution and because of sufferings, um, many, the word says many will turn. Don't be one of them. Keep your, keep your relationship with Jesus on fire and alive. Keep in the word of God. Keep seeking him out. Understand that times like these are supposed to happen. Jesus wanted us to be aware of this so that we wouldn't be caught off guard. Don't, don't turn from your faith and your belief in Jesus. It says many false prophets will appear and deceive. Love of people will grow cold. The gospel will be preached to all the world and then the end will come. That's the good news. The gospel goes out to all of the world that everybody gets to hear. We're getting close, but we're not quite there yet. We're not quite there yet. It says the sun will be darkened. The moon will not give light. Stars will fall from the sky and heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then it says the son of man will come on the clouds of heaven with power and glory. Are you guys looking forward to that day? You know, I mentioned in the house church message that some people are praying, come Lord Jesus, come. But do you know what you're actually praying? If you are saying, come Jesus, come, then you have to realize that all of these things are going to happen first. And so you think things are crazy. You think things are chaotic right now. Hey church, it's only gonna get more chaotic. Huh, no, no resounding amen on that, huh? <laughs> Amen. 
but we should be excited. You know, in Thessalonians, when he talks about the end times, he actually says this, that we are supposed to encourage one another with these things. Hey, the sun is gonna be darkened and the moon's not gonna give its light and stars are gonna fall from the sky. Be encouraged. Have you ever thought of that? That's so funny to me. It's like, hey, there's gonna be wars of wars and rumors of wars and there's gonna be earthquakes and there's gonna be hurricanes and there's gonna be fires and there's gonna be all of this stuff. Be encouraged. Why would, why would Paul say that? Because he wants us to understand that as we get closer and closer to the end times, we're gonna see these things. The last thing that he says there is this, no one will know the day or the hour, so be a wise servant. And Janelle kicked us off, read through a lot of that, and one of the things that she said, and I love it, is that the next chapter, chapter 25, are some parables that had to deal with, okay, so what do you do understanding the end times? And um, she brought up three things, get oil. And it, the beginning of that scripture says this, at that time, at what time? At the end time, okay, at the end time. And it tells the story of um, the 10 virgins and we'll be talking about that in the coming weeks. And then the next parable is that we are to be faithful. And it starts that section by saying this, again, it will be like, again, it, what is it? the end times. It will be like, and it goes on and tells the parable of the talents, okay? And again, we'll be going into that. As a matter of fact, next week, we're going to speak on that parable. And then the last one is this. Um, it starts by saying, when he comes, okay? So um, here's what I want to do. I want to read through this parable. When he comes. And um, if you're new, I see some, some new faces. Hey, welcome. Thanks to coming to Shine Church today. Sit back and enjoy what God has for you. But one of the things that we do a little differently here is I have some time where I ask questions and I hope people will interact with me. And so I'm going to read this last parable of Matthew. And I'm going to ask you this question. Why do you think Matthew finishes the writings of Jesus or the teachings of Jesus. Why do you think he finishes with this story? Because we know that Jesus taught other things. As a matter of fact, in the book of John, Jesus talks about how we are to be grafted into him. He's the vine, we're the branches, we're supposed to be grafted into him. He teaches about how he and the Father are one, and so therefore, let the Holy Spirit come so that we could be one in him, and as he is one, and so we know there's other teaching that Jesus gave, but for whatever reason, Matthew finishes his account of Jesus' teaching with this parable. Right after this, in Matthew 26, it goes into uh, Jesus getting arrested and all of the things that happened to Jesus. So this is actually Matthew's last parable, last teaching of Jesus. Why do you think he chose this to be the last one that he wrote about? And so that's what I want you to think about as I read this. Matthew 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him. He will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people, one from another, 
as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. And I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those who left, depart from me, or on his left, depart from me. You who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He replied, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. <clears throat> Help me out here, guys. Um, <laughs> Why would Matthew use this teaching as the final words of Jesus in his account to us about Jesus. Does anybody have some insight over here? Why would he use this teaching as the final one? Um, well, uh, after we finished reading, it reminded me of when you were talking in the beginning with Matthew 24, and he talks about the destructions and be blessed in it and be excited about it. Um, and when we get so overwhelmed in our own nature with the destruction all around us, we get so focused in our own mindset instead of focusing on God's mindset. So it's easy to be selfish. It's easy to be self-focused. And to bring it back to this was my legacy. This is what I taught you my entire time with you. So when it comes to this, when it comes to the facing the realities of life and the realities of the destruction around you, remember my teachings and be that example to others so that we can be excited for the end time, so we, that we can be excited together on what God has to bring for us. Mm, that's good. Remember what I taught. Remember, okay? It's really good. Somebody else. Any thoughts that come to mind? Yeah. I, as he's bringing the mic to you, I, it's, I knew this would be a quiet time because there's, I, this is an interesting final teaching. I, I who's, totally the, think. who's the audience? Who's the audience? Um, help me out. Matthew was written, DJ, help me out on this one. 
as the Gospel of Matthew is written to the Jewish people primarily, Mandy could answer this because she's been my in-state student, so I might bring the mic over <laughs> for her. But So in general, it was written to the Hebrews, to the people of God. Um, I don't know specifically the context when it comes to whether it was Pharisees or his disciples. I don't know that right now. Maybe somebody could look that up. Yep. His disciples? Well, the disciples asked, when will the end of these ages come? Yep. Yep. The book itself, as DJ says, was written to the Jews, uh, but in this particular, it's just a complete run on chapter 24, 25. The disciples asked, when would these signs appear? What, what is the end of the age? And this is what he's teaching. It seems like part of it is the temptation to say, we'll just wait through all of this because we're good with God but we're not supposed to be just waiting through all of this. We're supposed to be being Jesus to everyone we come in contact with. Oh, I love that. Love that. Let's be Jesus. So we're going to talk about that. Yep. Angela, did you want to? That was... Okay. That was, that was about... A big okay. fat amen from Angela. Let it be noted. Ascribe <laughs> wherever you are. Love it. Anybody else? We were talking about this as a teaching team. Could it be that Matthew wanted us to understand this as his final teaching? Because Matthew felt like he was a goat that got to become a sheep. And again, I don't know, but we were just talking about it. And these things that you guys have said, I totally agree with. I think that they're absolutely true. And this is what I love about scripture is that we can read a story like this and we can have God, the Holy Spirit, speak to each one of us in a different, different way on this. But I would submit to you that maybe Matthew, who the word of God says was a tax collector. Now, from what I understand about tax collectors, here's how this worked out. The Romans didn't want to collect taxes, so they would find somebody, a Jewish somebody, that would actually take and collect taxes from their own people. Now, a tax collector was despised by the Jews because they felt like they were being a traitor to them. Okay, so you're going to work in, in taking my money for the Romans. They didn't like that right there. And then on top of that, a lot of tax collectors would take more money in because the Romans didn't care how much they took in. They just wanted their portion. And so therefore the tax collector could come in and take whatever they want. And that's how they made their living is they actually would take more tax and they would pocket what wasn't supposed to be given to the Romans. And so Matthew, um, when we find Matthew, Jesus comes along him. That's what he's doing. Okay, he is a person that um, is not liked by either the Romans or the Jews. And he's really doing this to just gain his own wealth. And Jesus says, hey, you know what? Come follow me. And actually goes and has dinner um, with him in his house. And you know what? The Pharisees go nuts about this. Yes, you guys remember that? How could you go and eat with sinners? How can you go and eat with the goats? if you would. And so I just wonder if this, this is the last story because Matthew wants us to realize, hey, listen, no matter where somebody is, there's always a chance for them to be won over to Jesus Christ. And that if we can bring Jesus into a world in the end times, that maybe we'll win many hearts over to him.
if we bring the things that are listed here. And in the middle of this, the elements for the sheep and the goats were both the same. There was not a variance at all. It says, when I was hungry, when I was thirsty, when I was a stranger, when I was naked, when I was sick, when I was in prison, you either did or did not do these things. And the sheep did it and the goats didn't. There is going to be a separation, church. You guys see that? There is going to be a separation. There is a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't know exactly um, what that looks like, but I do know that Jesus wouldn't tell this story if that wasn't going to be the case, yes? And Jesus is telling this story. And so I don't know about you, but I wanna make sure that I'm on the sheep side. Yes? I wanna make sure that I'm on the sheep side. And so at first glance, it seems pretty easy to go, okay, in order to be on that side, I need to feed those that are hungry, give drink to those who are thirsty, be a friend to the stranger. And you can go through that list. And I think you can start looking at different things. And so for instance, the prison, well, I guess I gotta go start a prison ministry. How many of you have it on your heart right now to start prison ministry? I was trying to see if I had anybody that would start one. Um, shoot, I was hoping somebody would raise their hand. The point is, is well taken, I think, and that is this. Boy, okay, so we, none of us raised our hand for that. So does that mean we're goats? I hope not, because if so, I'm in trouble. Because there's nothing in my heart that actually wants to go and, and start a prison ministry, and yet, here's what Jesus is saying, the separation between sheep and goats, right? And so we started talking about this as a teaching team, and I want to submit to you this, that as we get closer and closer to the end times, that the heart of God, that his end game is that you would come to this understanding, that if you've asked Jesus into your heart, and if you have the Holy Spirit that has been put inside of you as a deposit and as a guarantee of that salvation, then you have the great truth that this world needs. Yes? And he wants us to understand that. And I would submit that it's not necessarily about going and feeding somebody who's hungry, but understanding that you have the bread of life inside of you and that you should look for every opportunity to give that bread to others. We're not talking about physical need. Could it be that Jesus was going into a deeper thing, things of the spirit that go beyond just the physical? Yes, the physical things. People need to be fed. People need to be welcomed. Absolutely, I'm not, I'm not saying that we don't do those things. But church, what if there's something deeper here that Jesus wants us to understand? And that is this, that in the end times, come to an understanding that first off, until you asked Jesus into your heart, you were a goat. Yes? And you should, you should be so thankful. You know, I think sometimes because we are lived in a privileged place where, I, you know what, everybody in America is rich. If you're making more than $2 a day, you're rich. And I think sometimes we forget what God has saved us from because the word of God says that until you ask Jesus into your heart, 
you're on the goat side. So be grateful. Like, you know, Janelle was singing this thing, the song about being thankful to God. Man, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Man, just take time throughout your day. Thank him for your salvation. Thank you. Thank him that he opened your eyes and your heart to understand what he has done for you. Thank him for that. And then realize that, as you said, we have a part to play in this. It's not just waiting until he returns. It's actually helping a hurt and lost world understand these things. And so let's just quickly go into these things. Hungry. Here's my hope and in my prayers, I was thinking about this. I hope people will, or I hope the Holy Spirit will put people into your mind right now for each one of these areas. And that you will respond by being obedient to step out sometime this week and maybe reach out to somebody in, that the Holy Spirit highlights. And so let's talk about hungry real quick. John 6.35. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Is there somebody in your life that needs to know this? Because you've got the good news inside of you. And it's so funny and so interesting to me that we are a people that when we find something good, we want everybody to go there with us. I can't tell you how many times I've heard from people in this church that I've got to go eat at the Great Divide in town here. How many of you have been to Great Divide? Okay, well, only about half. If you haven't eaten at the Great Divide, you've got to go eat at the Great Divide. It's really good. They've got really good food. Man, what is it about that? When we find something that we like, we will come along and we will rally for that and we will go after that. Why? Because we feel like, hey, we've got a place that actually serves really good food. And if you like really good food, you should go to this place. Yes? I am willing to bet that everybody in this room has had that conversation with somebody at least once in their life. And we've got the bread of life inside of us. Why aren't we doing the same thing with the truth that leads to eternal life when we will do it for the temporary filling of our stomach? And so Holy Spirit, speak to every single one of us in this room right now. Is there a person that is open right now to hear the bread of life? And God, we'll be obedient this week to go and tell them the good news of Jesus Christ this week. How about thirsty? John 4, 13 through 14, Jesus answered, everyone, <clears throat> everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give to them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Is there somebody that you know is thirsting right now that is looking for answers and they're seeking whatever, toys, drugs, another TV show to just sidetrack them from all the things that life is, is presenting and you've got this water inside of you that could actually give them that hope and that peace. Holy Spirit, give us a name of somebody that we can bring living water to.
How about stranger? Hebrews 13, one through two says, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. <laughs> for by doing so, for, sorry, by, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. I know I, I talk about this all the time, but we live in a world that shuts their garage door before they get out of their car. Why do we do that? Why? Anybody? Because why? Well, before COVID, too. Like, we live in a less social world because of social media and stuff. A lot of us prefer... Because we have we have more people to connect like with with online, yet we're, yet we're not connecting with people that that are at, that we can talk to physically, you know. Yeah, yeah. We live in a world that's. I listen. The community is is falsely assimilated through like social media. Yeah, no, those kind of things. Who? Somebody else. Terry, were you gonna say something? We don't love our neighbor as ourselves. <laughs> um, Amen. <laughs> I, we get caught up, and even people inside of the church get caught up into this, yes? And here's what's interesting. Just a little hospitality. I've been amazed at how far it goes. Um, Kim and I hosted a block party um, at the end of August, and we just went to the neighbors around us and put flyers on the door. And I can't tell you what that has done for our little cul-de-sac. All of a sudden, our cul-de-sac is alive with kids playing. We had somebody that was literally straight across the way, and we've lived here, I'm ashamed to say, a year and a half before we even did this. But um, this family came out, and this is what happened. They have a little son, and they didn't even know that there was kids in our cul-de-sac, two houses down, that their son could play with in the same neighborhood. And so it's just amazing that, man, if we just open our heart and open our doors a little bit, ask the Holy Spirit, what does that look like for you? What does it look like to entertain the stranger? What does it look like to open up your door? Um, the Word of God says this, when we do though, when we do this, um, we may be entertaining angels and not even knowing it. And clearly, the difference between the sheep and the goats was, man, those that were hospitable to strangers that didn't even know it. And we know the story of, you know, the good Samaritan where two, you know, teachers of the law walk right by and leave him wounded on the ground. And the good Samaritan goes, this is love your neighbor. That's the example that Jesus gave to love the neighbor. And so, again, um, as I often say, there's no condemnation. Okay? There's no condemnation. God doesn't want me teaching this message so that you will receive guilt and feel bad about yourself. That is not the intent of this message at all. The intent of this message, though, is to open our eyes and our ears and our minds to, hey, maybe I could be better at sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And sometimes the best way you can do that is simply open your door. Open your door and invite somebody in. How about naked? 
Genesis 3, 7, then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. Adam and Eve, you know, that is the trap of the enemy is that he wants us to realize that we're naked and fill with shame and feel with things that we're hiding and trying to blame one another. And so do you know somebody in your life that is filled with shame? As I was reading through this section and just praying about it, do you know somebody that is naked, that, that is hiding things, that is blaming other people for all of life's issues? <laughs> Does anybody hear that anywhere in this world today? Blame, the blame game. Hey, you know what? Guess what? We have a, the good news inside of us. And when we bring that good news out, it actually clothes people. And I think for the first time in reading through this, I realized, man, this is so much more than just a physical need. There are people that are naked inside that when you give them the good news, they get to, for the first time, go, oh, the shame has left me. Anxiety, the, 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 the blaming, the hiding. Oh, man. And we have that good news in us. And so, Holy Spirit, is there somebody in our lives that you want us to speak to and share this good news with? It says sick, and I just thought of this. I mean, we live in a world that is filled and riddled with anxiety, worry, fear, lack of peace, heavy burdens on. People saying things like, what can I do? What can I do? Well, you know what? That's just such a hopeless mentality. And yet we have the great hope that comes in Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, is there somebody that is sick that needs to hear the good news? Is there somebody that maybe I can just speak to and give life to and bring health to them? You know, I'm watching Rob, who's our counseling pastor, week after week, day after day, have new people come in over and over and over because they're hurting. We live in a sick and hurting world, yes, Rob? And, and it's not getting less, it's getting more. And yet we have the great hope. And man, I just encourage you, is there anybody in your life that you can bring this to? Sharing this to them, giving them hope. In prison, Galatians 5.1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Boy, this is, I'm gonna read it one more time. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And this isn't so much about starting a prison ministry as could it be, do you see somebody that's burdened and bound by something that's got them trapped, that you've got the key to freedom? If you knew somebody was stuck in their house and you had the key to their, their, their door and you could let them out, would you go let them out? If you had an extra set of car keys for somebody and they locked their keys in the cars, would you just open that up and say, hey, guess what, here, you have the freedom again. Would you do that in the physical sense? Yes. Will you do it in a spiritual sense? Because I know you work with people that are bound by things. I know you have people in your neighborhoods that are stuck in something that you have the key for freedom. And so I just would once again say, Holy Spirit, Give us a name of somebody that you want us to bring the truth and the life to. Because in the end times, here's what I believe. We have inside us, 
Every single one of us that is called upon the name of Jesus, we have inside us the one who meets all these needs. We have that person in our heart. And Jesus said, the people are going to be separated as sheep and as goats, and they're going to be separated based on what they gave out. And so it is a strong word. It is a challenging word. But again, no condemnation, no guilt, but let the conviction of the Holy Spirit hit your heart. And if any one of these areas, a name popped into your head, I want you to be obedient this week because you have the light. And here's what's interesting. The first proverb that we talked about last week at House Church is to be a light. And the last proverb that Matthew puts in his book is about being a light. And so I would just conclude by saying this. How are you doing at being the light? How are you doing? And I really felt strongly in that message last week, and I'm going to say it again. We need to be a people that are offering solutions and ideas and not criticism right now. We need to be a people that aren't criticizing things that are happening, but we need to be a people that are asking the Holy Spirit to come in and give us solutions and ideas so that we can actually bring life into something that is dying. Yes? And I truly believe with all of my heart that if we will transition our mindset and our thinking to a thinking that says, God, help us to be wise, help us to have creative ideas and Help us to catch when we are complaining and criticizing. And I'm chief of sinner. I'm just telling you right now. I can't tell you how many times I hear, do you know what happened? I, do you know what happened on Friday? We were told that Douglas County, starting on Wednesday, is back down to 50 people in a room. That's going to change things. Everything in me wants to complain. Everything in me wants to. And at some point, there's going to be a decision that's made that we're all going to have to stand up and we're going to have to say, we're going to fight for this. I don't sense in my spirit that we're there quite yet, but there's going to be a time. But it's going to become, it's going to come from a place where the Holy Spirit is leading us. Yes? And not from our criticisms and our opinions. And so here's been my prayer, and I hope that this will be your prayer as we go through this and just this week and thinking about these things. And that is this. Holy Spirit, help me to understand the difference between my opinion and the discernment of you. And let's make decisions based on him leading us. And let's make comments and let's be encouraging as we let him speak to us and not focus on the flesh the flesh. Boy, I didn't intend to say any of that. So forever who has the ears to hear that. So Heavenly Father, we come to you right now and we thank you. God, I thank you first off that Matthew wanted us to realize, at least in my opinion, that Matthew wanted us to realize that he was so appreciative of the fact that he uh, at one point was going to be on one side. And because of your son, Jesus, he was going to get to go and be on the other side. And in that, Lord, help us to be so grateful for these things. And now, Lord, I pray that as I read through those different things, the hunger, the thirst, the stranger, the naked, the sick, 
than in prison. Lord, I pray that if there are people in our lives that you have purposed and planned for us to have relationship with, so that we could bring the light to them. God, I pray that you would put those people on our hearts and our mind. And Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be preachy to them, but we would be in relationship with them. That we would do whatever it takes to begin a relationship with those individuals so that we can share the good news with them that you have given to us. And so Lord, help us to be a light in this world during this time where we see many of the signs of the end times starting to unfold and starting to take place. Because Lord, I know that the end game of your heart is that we would be a light in the middle of these times. And so Lord, help us to do that. Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. Amen.